morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I am the administrative pastor here at Church in the Valley, and we're glad that you're here with us this morning. We're in the middle of our, our message series that we're calling What's Best Today? And we've been looking at the profile of a productive life. <clears throat> in the first week, we, we took a look at how do we stack up good days in, in life? And it begins with turning from evil and doing good. And then in week two, we took a, a little bit uh, deeper look into what defines a productive life. What does that look like? And um, we took a look at what it means to honor God with every aspect of our life, even the mundane, everyday things that we usually just don't really want to deal with. And then in week three, we walked through loving people and that how that fits into a truly productive life. People aren't um, just a interruption to our life, to our schedule, to our to do list, but they're actually opportunities that God brings in our life. And then last week we walked through God's grace and how that empowers us to do good works. God wants um, to do the good works that God wants for us to do and how his grace can actually free us up to be productive. We've covered a lot of ground in this, this series. Um, we've dug into the scriptures and, and we hope that it's been a help to you. If you've missed any of those messages, um, I'd like to just let you know there's some CDs out on the resource table that you could pick up on your way out or you can listen to them at churchinthevalley.com. But today we're going to, to be looking at how, how to make the most of our time. We're going to continue looking at that. And I don't know about you, but I typically think about being productive at a couple times in the year. One is the beginning of the year. That's kind of a natural time to take a look at the upcoming year and, and what I got going on. And, okay, this is going to be the year I get it all together. I'm, it's going to be the most productive year ever. Or I also, when the pressures in life start to come at me and I feel like I just can't get it all done, then I start to take a look at productivity. How can I be more productive. When things begin to unravel and deadlines start to get missed, commitments are dropped, that's when I begin to think I've got to figure out a way to get some traction here. I need something to, to just help me to get out of this, the chaos of life. Productivity many times has its most appeal when we feel least productive. When things are hectic, we want to help slow it down. When things are just crazy, we want, to, we want it to mellow out. If we all had a choice, we'd choose peace instead of chaos, wouldn't we? I know I would. And we all have a picture of what the perfect peaceful day might be. A lot of times, our productivity is fueled by our longing to just get to our happy place. If we could just be productive, I know I got that three-day weekend coming. I know, I know I got that vacation coming. Retirement's just down the road. That's, that's my, my happy place. Or maybe your happy place is to get debt-free or to be with friends or it might just be to be alone, get some time by yourself. It's different for all of us, but we all have a picture of that perfect day, what it looks like. What's your picture? Of that perfect day. For some, it might be the beach. 
sitting there doing nothing, maybe taking a walk along the beach. For others, it might be camping, going to the lake in the mountains, looking at a beautiful view. But in reality, we spend most of our days in something like this. (laughs) Traffic, chaos, or this, trying to get something done and everybody's grabbing for our attention, wants us to do this, or maybe this. You're just sitting there plugging away at at work doing that. As I look back on my life, I have a, a lot less beach settings and a lot more of just feeling like I'm getting pulled in all different directions. So why is life chaotic? Why is that? Why can't it just be smooth? Well, the big picture is sin entered into our world. And because of us choosing to go our own, own way, it's just never, never going to make being productive perfect. Because we're not perfect. We're sinners. And we've all chosen to go our own way, and that just... That just means that there's going to be a little bit of chaos in our lives. Why else is life chaotic? Practically, people don't fit in our schedule. We have our schedules. We have our list of to-dos. People don't, don't just line up with my schedule and what I'm trying to do, what I want to get done. It just doesn't happen that way. Plans don't go as expected. We can never plan the perfect day, the perfect week, Perfect vacation. We just can't, we can't do that. Life's demands are just overwhelming. Maybe you're at a job where you feel like you just can't even think about anything else but your job. Or maybe you're thinking, you know what, my, my, my life is just full. I can't commit to one more thing and then another responsibility comes at you. And then also, we, life is chaotic because our choices have consequences. We live in a cause and effect world. And we, we might just have to deal with some consequences from some choices that, we, that we've made. So is that just life? Are we supposed to just go through our days hanging on until we, until we can get to our next break? Do we just experience the, the chaos and just kind of make the most of it? The Bible is, in, is clear that there's, there's more to life than just white-knuckling it, hanging on for dear life. There's more to life than that. And in, in the midst of all the craziness, God is still in control at all times. We're going to take a look at a, a story in, in the book of Mark in the Bible about Jesus' life where he's coming out of a chaotic time. He has just spent time with the disciples and doing ministry with crowds. Crowds were gathering and and finding him, looking for him, um, seeking him out to hear from Jesus, to be around Jesus, to witness, experience maybe a miracle that, that he was performing. So let's take a look at this, at this story, and see what we can learn through it. Mark 4, 35 through 41 says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us, grow, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they, t- they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. As you can imagine, Jesus, he just been setting the pace, doing ministry, working hard, helping others, teaching Night comes, 
And, and, and there's, Jesus and the disciples are thinking, okay, we're leaving the, the crowds. It's time to exhale. It's time to take a break. We can go on a boat across to the other side. Get out of the chaos for a little bit. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe a busy day, busy week, busy year, and you finally get to just kind of take a little break. Relax. Exhale a little bit. That's the sense you get. That, that's what's going on here. Yet the story shows that this peaceful escape doesn't turn out to be quite so peaceful. A storm came. Water starts filling up the boat. And the di- disciples are thinking, okay, it's over. This, it, it was a good run, but we're going down. But look what happens. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat. So that the boat was already filling. But he, this Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Wow. Disciples, they're freaked out. And they look at Jesus and their leader is asleep at the stern of the boat. Even though there's a storm that's that's coming into the boat. He wakes up and he says three words, peace, be still. What a great picture. He took control of the, of the weather and looked at his disciples and was surprised that they still didn't realize that he was going to take care of them in the midst of the storm. All they could see was the storm, the chaos around them. The, their peace was based on what they could see, and it wasn't looking good. It's the same for us today. We see the storms of of our life all around us. We see the chaos. So we want to control our own peace by controlling as many things as we can. We get wrapped up in our lists and expectations, and if we can just get those done, then we at least feel like the chaos is lessened. If things went like we thought they would, then we can just find comfort in that, in getting our to-do list done. We tend to view peace as circumstantial. If my life goes this way, then I can have peace. If I just have enough money, then I'm going to have peace. Or if my kids would just obey, the house would, would be at peace. They just did what I, what I told them to. I'd have peace. Or whatever it is that you think that you need to have peace. That's how we tend to, to view it. But what you see from Jesus' example in that story and throughout the Bible is that the key is not avoiding the chaos, but learning how to turn to God in the midst of it. Peace does not have to be circumstantial. It can come at any point in our lives, just like it did with the disciples in the middle of of the storm. 
And as you dig into the Bible, you find that there's lots of examples of how to get peace in the middle of life's craziness. Philippians 4, 4 through 9, has a lot to say about peace and how to get in the middle of chaos. This verse, the context for, for these verses that we're going to be looking at this morning is that this, this group of people was in the middle of a conflict between teammates. Paul, the writer of, of Philippians, has just spent some time talking about the conflict that the teammates are in in Philippians 4, 1 through 3. And then he gives this advice. So we're going to take a look at the advice he gives during that chaotic time right now. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We find a lot of key truths in this scripture. One of those is that the Lord is at hand, which means that, that God's there with you. The statements made in, in these verses are going to make absolutely no sense if you don't believe that there's a God who's in control of, of your life. You, if you believe God is some distant person off in the distance, then these, these commands in, the, in this verse are just not going to make any sense. Because these verses are highlighting the fact that the Lord is in control of whatever circumstances come our way. No matter what type of chaos is going on in our lives, we can turn to God for help. So let's take a closer look at Philippians 4 and see what, what it's really talking about, the advice that it has for us during the pressures of life. During the pressures of life, I can trust God by choosing to rejoice in everything. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Paul just finished describing a conflict situation among te teammates. And then he says rejoice. When the pressures of life come at me, I, I feel overwhelmed. And rejoicing is not on the top of my list of, of things that I want to do. I feel like complaining, sulking demanding that something be done to fix a, a wrong that I'm experiencing. But rejoicing is not on, on, not on the top of my list. This past week, I was at a, a conference in Fort Worth, Texas. And <clears throat> on the way back, I was, I, was, I was coming back and pressure situation came up. I was sitting on my plane to come back here and it was already delayed an hour and a half and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my watch, and the, the time that we we're supposed to depart has come and gone. And I'm thinking, this is interesting. Nobody's saying anything, and we just keep sitting there. And a little bit, the captain comes on. He says, well, there was a maintenance issue, and it's fixed, but the maintenance crew was supposed to sign off on something, and they haven't signed off on it yet. And so we're just waiting. I'm not sure how long it's going to be. Not exactly the most comforting thing, sitting on the plane there, waiting. Then he comes on a little bit later. 
Well, I hate to say this to you, but my flight time's up for the day. So I, I have to get off the plane, and they're going to call somebody in. It'll be at least two hours until you leave, until you leave again. Rejoicing did not come to mind at that time. And I was getting ready for this message. So I worked through being frustrated, being upset. Uh, now, it was looking like I was going to get home at 11.30, 12. Now it's looking like 4.30 in the morning. Worked through that. And God, God reminded me about this message that I was getting ready for. Rejoice. Always. And I prayed and asked God for help. God, please help me. I don't like what's going on, but I'm, I'm going to trust you're in control. And um, just thank you for, for, for um, whatever's going on, even though I don't understand it. And you know what? God, God used that time that we were stranded at the airport. I was there with Alex and Samantha Barrett and three other um, staff members from Orange Crest Community Church were there too. I got time with those people that I, I don't ever get time to just sit there for two hours and get to know them. God used that. But if I would have chosen to just sulk, which I did for a while, but if I would have continued to sulk, I, wouldn't have, I would have missed that opportunity. And that's Paul in these verses... He's calling us forward to get over ourselves and our plans and how we think our lives should work out and to rejoice in the fact that God's in control. He's not surprised by the things that happen to us. Choosing to rejoice in the midst of chaos chaos can bring us peace and allow us to be productive because instead of being frustrated or angry or whatever else we're, we're feeling, we can... Look at the situation and see what opportunities are there right now. Philippians 4, it also goes on to tell us, be reasonable. Philippians 4, 5. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. When things in in life tend to get chaotic and messy, we tend to just kind of freak out, fall back into our our old habits of doing things. But this verse is saying, be reasonable. The Greek word for reasonable here, the New Testament was written in Greek, and the Greek word here um, that it's talking about, it it literally means mild, mild mild-mannered. Stay calm. Our natural tendency is just to go back into our default mode when things don't go our way. And all of our default modes are different depending on who we are. For some, it might mean that, that we're going to tighten down, control every little detail of our life when things start to not go our way. Because if I can, can just control it, then I feel like I can be productive. I can get things done. For others, default mode, it might be just throwing your hands up in the air, saying, life's going to happen. Whatever happens, I'm just going with the flow. I'm going to take all the breaks that I can get, but I'm just going to kind of sit back and and coast as much as I can. We all have different strengths and weaknesses, and so we're going to have different default modes that we go into. 
But there's a different way. We, we don't have to go into our default mode. We can choose to remain calm and reasonable. I grew up playing baseball um, for most of my childhood into high school. And one of the things my baseball coach used to, to tell us was, act like you've been there before. In other words, he was saying when the pressure situations come in a baseball game or maybe you, you're in a big game, you're, you win a big game, act like you've been there before. Stay calm. Be reasonable. Because then you'll be able to apply what you've been practicing if you, if you stay reasonable. And that's what's being said here. No matter what comes our, our way, we can ask God for help to remain reasonable because he's not surprised by what's going on. He's there with us. And we can ask him for help and experience God's peace. Another thing that, that happens when the unexpected interrupts our day is that we can become anxious and worry. But we're reminded in Philippians 4, 6 and 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is again pointing us back to God being in control of all our circumstances. The worry and anxiousness, it's going to come. There's, there's no way for us to just completely avoid it. But when, we, when it does come, we need to be prepared and use that as a signal to point us back to God. I was out of town on, on that, the same conference this week. One of the things that happens when you're getting ready for a message, sometimes God gives you a little practice at it. Um, and so I was out of town at a conference this week, and before I left, my, my, my son Jeremy, he was sick. And then when I was gone, he got sicker. My other son Blake, he started to get sick. And I don't know, when you, when you start to see things snowball like that in your family, I, I tend to, I get anxious, I worry, and I start running scenarios. So the next thing you know, I'm, I'm already living in Friday, even though it's Tuesday. I'm living in Friday. I'm getting home from the conference. I'm having to take care of the whole family because everybody's sick now. And I'm, I'm having to figure out what to, what to do and still prepare and handle the responsibilities that are coming my way. So after I ran some scenarios through my head of what all could go wrong while I'm gone and my wife having to to take care of the kids, and she wasn't feeling very well either. After I got through running those scenarios, God reminded me again, ask me for help. So I prayed, ask God for help. And I asked him to please help me to focus, to not be so distracted, because anxiousness, worry, it can get us distracted from what we need to be doing right now, the opportunities in front of us to be productive. So I said, God, please Take care of Gina. Take care of the kids. And help me to focus. And God answered my prayers. I was able to, to focus. And a friend brought over some, some stuff for Gina and the kids to help them um, to, to get over the sickness, some medicine, some things. So, and God really took care of us in that situation. When you start to feel the pressure rising... 
and the anxiousness creep in, turn to God and be honest with him about what's going on, how you're feeling, and ask for help. When we turn to God in prayer, we're acknowledging that he's in control, that he is at hand, and that he can help us. So we can pray knowing that he can help in this situation. And as we do this, we can find peace in the chaos. And two, we can, be, we can find comfort in knowing that whatever outcome comes, it, God's in control of it. We tend to think life needs to go this way for us. This, I know what's best for me right now. So I'm going to pray in line with what I think is best right now. And it, sometimes it doesn't happen that way. So we have to adjust our, our goals, what we were thinking, and turn and get in line with what God's will is for us in that situation. If we choose faith and trust him in our circumstances, then peace is going to come even though it looks like we shouldn't have any. Peace is a great thing, but it's not meant for us just to have peace and stop there. The peace is meant to help us to be able to choose what's best today. In Philippians 4, it goes on to tell us that God's peace brings lasting productivity regardless of our circumstances. We're going to take a look at Philippians 4, 8, and 9. In Philippians 4, 8, and 9, it starts out with finally. Anytime you see finally or therefore in the Bible, it's summarizing the the previous verses. So this is summarizing the advice that is just given us about about how to handle the, the conflict, the chaos that they were in. And here's what it says. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable... Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. The promise here is that the God of peace will be with us as we think about these things and choose to put them into practice. Now, if you're like me, then, then I look at lists like this and I think, all right, there's, there's, there's what I got to do. I got to think about these things. I just need to think about whatever's true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. And then the God of peace is going to be with me. But life, it's less like a formula and more like a, a battlefield. The struggle to, to think about these things, to, to put them into practice, it's, it's there. It's real. And we aren't going to be able to, to take these verses and just say, all right, God is he's in control, so I, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be reasonable. I'm not going to be anxious. I'm just going to ask for God for help when I need it. And then I'm going to have peace, and I'm going to think about and do the right things. We're not going to just be able to say that. And do that. What's going to happen is as we step out in faith to apply what, the, what God's word says and rejoice in, in our circumstances, we're going to get some traction in our circumstances. We're going to get some traction in, in our faith and being able to be productive. But then another situation is 
going to come up. And we're going to have another opportunity. Are we going to be anxious and worry about it? Or are we going to choose faith, ask God for help, and apply what we know the Bible says to be true? And as we do that, our faith grows. And we're able to have peace and be productive no matter the circumstances that we're in, no matter what's going on around us in the chaos that's happening. Choosing to trust God and finding peace amidst the, the chaos, it allows us to take a step back and ask, what's best today? What do I need to do today? What opportunities are coming my way right now in the middle of all this craziness? So where are you in that battle today? What's something in your life right now that you need to turn to God and ask Him for help in? God is there and He's willing to help. He's just waiting for us to acknowledge that He is in control and to ask Him for help. And when we do, we can find that that peace in the middle of the chaos of our life and we can do whatever is best today. Please pull out that connection card that um, Brad was talking about earlier. You can finish filling out any information in there um, that you might have not gotten to fill out earlier. Um, I'd like to invite the worship team to come on up um, and the ushers to go ahead and prepare to receive this morning's offering. Um, Please take this time. Um, to finish out any information. And then also on the back of that connection card, there's some next steps. Um, next steps are just something that you might want to do in response to, to the message today. So here's a couple next steps that we have on there for you today. The first is ask God to help me in blank. Maybe something came up as we were um, talking about the peace and the chaos today. Maybe something came to mind that you need to ask God for help. So just write it in there. Or maybe your, your next step is to thank God that he's in control of blank. Fill in the blank there. If you're like me, thanking God for all situations, it doesn't immediately come to mind. So maybe God reminded you of something this morning that you just need to, to turn to him and know that he's in control and thank him for it. Let's pray as we continue to worship. Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you um, that you are God who is in control, that you love us and you want what's best for us. I pray that you would just help us to apply the the truths um, found in Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Help us to um, go to you and give our worries and anxieties to you so that we can choose to be productive in our lives and do um, what really matters, what you want us to do. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.